0: No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly.
2: How goes it? Welcome in. This is the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. So glad to be with you from Studio B today. We have a great show for you again. Our our week has really gone well. Here on this podcast, and it continues today with a great lineup. I'll uh, share more with that, uh, more of that with you here in uh, just a moment. But uh, boy, it was super, super hot yesterday for Saints practice, and uh, you know, looking back now, it looked like uh, things fairly, you know, went fairly well for the ball club in adjusting to their first full padded practice in the Louisiana heat and humidity. It was sure great, as you probably. Noticed on our coverage uh, at New Orleans Saints.com that Jairus Bird was back full go yesterday, and that was uh, certainly a delight. Brandon Cooks still battling that stomach virus, uh, was not on the practice field yesterday, but all in all, uh, a pretty good day, and I think the coach was probably pretty pleased with how things went. Uh, we spent time after practice yesterday visiting with Saints offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael. He's a part of our show today. I don't know if you've noticed or not, uh, but Pete's been doing a lot of the play calling here during the preseason, and we're going to talk to him about that and the offense in general so far here through training camp 2014. Also on the show today, Saints legend Archie Manning. Boy, that's a real treat to get him on. And uh, he was at practice yesterday. We got to watch some of practice with him and visit not only about practice, but about a number of different things. And so that's certainly uh, a real uh, a gem for you today on the Black and Blue Report We'll also introduce a new series today, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. Fantasy football experts will uh, certainly key into that. Jake Seely is the senior writer for that website. And we're going to feature him, I think, most every Wednesday now during the football season to kind of help you out with your fantasy football leagues. I know uh, folks are scheduling their draft and everything else. They're all coming up. And Daniel Salerson, who is our, I guess, Black and Blue Report resident fantasy guy, uh, will be speaking with Jake Seely on today's program and then we'll visit with the principal of Mandeville High School that's Bruce Bundy and uh, Bruce will be uh, helping us get ready for tonight's Saints practice at Mandeville High School that's going to be a lot of fun I know coach and the guys are looking forward to bringing a uh, practice to North Shore fans that's from 7 until 9 tonight and there are some details on the website and of course later on in our interview with Bruce Bundy about you know things you'll need to know for tonight's practice Temperatures tonight for that practice are expected to be about 85 degrees, even though it is in the evening. So it'll still be warm, and uh, the Saints are going to practice tonight in helmets, shoulder pads, and shorts. So half pad practice, but a full practice of that for Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints tonight. And also tonight on your television, uh, Team USA uh, continues its run toward the FIBA World Cups uh, in Spain as they play tonight. And that uh, is going to be on NBA TV. So if you want to catch Anthony Davis and Monty Williams, that's on your television tonight. We're going to hope to visit with Coach Williams tomorrow. Uh, we had a great visit yesterday with Dell Demps, the general manager, about all things Pelicans. Uh, tomorrow we'll talk to Coach hopefully about Anthony Davis and what's going on with Team USA. So a full show here for you today. Glad that you're with us. Don't forget you can follow on Twitter, as always, at BlackBlueReport, or you can follow me at Sean Kelly Live. Archie Manning, Pete Carmichael, Jake Seeley, and Bruce Bundy from Mandeville High School. All yours right after this first time out here on the Black and Blue Report.
0: Welcome to the start of the football season with a Saints kickoff run presented by Chevron. It's a family-friendly 5K event on Saturday, September 6th. The run starts in Champion Square and finishes on the 50-yard line in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. New this year is a corporate cup challenge for largest team, a costume contest, and a half-mile Play 60 fun run for kids. Proceeds benefit the New Orleans Recreation Development Commission and the Louisiana Children's Museum. Registration for the Saints kickoff run is now open at saints5k.com
4: smoothie king asks what's your purpose my name is trish and i want more balance in my life i feel like all i do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way and then i feel guilty and i start thinking i need to spend an hour on the elliptical but i don't have time (sighs) i want to eat better i want to feel better that's my purpose
1: we can blend that find your balance with the
4: new greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by chobani find pleasure in your purpose at smoothie king
5: What's up, Black and Gold fans? This is Anthony Mackie, Samoa
6: soldier, Drew Brees' disciple. You are listening to the Black and Blue Report.
2: Well, he's an inaugural member of the uh, Saints' Ring of Honor, and he's at practice today. And here on the Black and Blue Report, we're joined by Archie Manning. What a privilege to get to watch a
3: little practice with you, sir. Yes, sir. I love to come out and watch practice. Uh, Sean's nice enough to, and the Saints nice enough to invite me out, so I like, like to watch him. Uh, hard for me to kind of keep up when they're up there in the Greenbrier and all that luxury and cool stuff, I, I wait till they get back to the heat and come, come watch them, but it uh, look good. Everything looks good. I think they've had a great camp so far.
2: I'd venture to say training camps back in the 70s were not the same as uh, what we saw in West Virginia, Arch.
3: Well, I was kind of giving Sean a hard time. I'm saying the Green. I mean, I've been to the Greenbrier before. My wife and I have been there on vacation. I've Twice I've given corporate speeches there, so I know how nice the Greenbrier is, and I said, what about a free agent rookie who goes there? That's the only training. I said he doesn't know what a dorm room in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, looks like. I mean, that, that, every every rookie ought, ought to try that dorm room in Hattiesburg before they go to the Greenbrier. Well, see, you're you're
2: kind of almost making guys go
3: through a rite of passage when you say that. Well, no, I tell you, it's like just talking to Drew. <laughs> You know, I, I hung around for a while, but it would probably added years to all of us if you could train uh, in that weather and under those, under those conditions. We, we got cooled off a little bit when we went down to Barrow Beach, but still nothing, nothing like that when we were at Dodgertown. But, um, so, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it was a great uh, move on the part of the Saints, and uh, I, I think, I think it will show up that they got an awful lot out of, out of the three weeks up there. Archie, as you're watching practice today, I'm curious
2: as to how you watch practice.
3: What do you What do you look for? Oh, I'm like everybody else. I watch quarterbacks. Uh, I happen to know all four of these guys out here, and kind of have a little background, a little history with all four of them. So I'm kind of watching them. But I love to see Jimmy Graham, and I'm look, you know looking for the young guys. So I, I'm like anybody else. I'm just trying to get get a little familiar uh, with some of the new guys and watch and see what see what's going on.
2: We're a couple of decades into the Manning Passing Academy's history now, and I know you have two boys that play quarterback in the NFL, but as you watch guys come up, do, do they almost feel like um, ex-facto sons to you as as far as well, watching them come yeah, through? Yeah, we
3: do have some guys out there. You know, it's our 20th year. Now, we really didn't start having – that many college players until the last, oh, seven or eight years. This year we had 40 quarterbacks out of college, and I mean some real good ones, some of the top, most of the top ones. But, you know, it's funny looking out here. uh, Of course, uh, I met Drew when he was in high school. He never was part of our camp. But uh, Luke McNown used to come. He came to our camp. He and Eli are the same age. And Eli, Eli was a camper with us, you know, before he was old enough, before we went to college. Luke came, and then Logan Kilgore, uh, of course, uh, he was with us three three years. The two lane quarterback was with us. We, uh, I mean, so yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's hard to believe it's been 20 years, but uh, we we have a lot of fun with it. Archie, so much has been said
2: and written, and rightfully so, about a guy like Drew Brees. What what though hasn't been said about him? What what still strikes you about number nine?
3: Uh, you know, one thing. I mean, I, you're right. It, it's been said. People recognize what a great player is, great quarterback, and everybody also adds, and i echo too, uh, a a great person. Uh, I tell you, I'm not sure people realize how good an athlete Drew is. Uh, I think he's an exceptional athlete, and I think, you know, there's some other, you know, this we're in an era now of some really athletic quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. and, you know, last night you got Manziel, and you got Robert Griffin, and you got Cam Newton and everything, and Drew, doesn't really do things in a football game like them and the the read option and tucking and run but um and he's smart he doesn't have to he can you know they got a great passing game he can get rid of the football and he, he, he'll stay around a lot longer but um but he but he is he is a tremendous athlete and and uh it shows up in different ways. He does a great job with his feet. He does a great job getting rid of the football. Obviously, the cerebral approach to the game—he's conquered. He knows what he's doing. He's just—he's just a great player.
2: Maybe you were ahead of your time. You know, when you when you mention a guy like Johnny Manziel or we look at a Russell Wilson or other of the more athletic quarterbacks, shoot, Arch, isn't that the way you played back in the day? Well,
3: I, yeah, I ran a lot in college. I was in kind of a running system. I told Eli one day last year. I've never said this to anyone before, but. I, I watched the spread offense these colleges are running and the read option. I said, you know, I think I could have really played in that offense. And I, I don't, I don't brag on myself or anything, but I was a sprint out passer, and that that kind of coincides. But but let me say this about the athletic and running quarterbacks that come into the league: it's good and it's fine. But at the end of the day, they're gonna have to. Learn to do what Drew Brees does, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Uh, they, they, they're going to have to stay in the pocket, know how to stay in the pocket. they got to pick up a second, third receiver. You can't always tuck it and run, and you'll also get hurt. So the game's changing a little bit, it evolves a little bit, but still, it's about knowing what you're doing and delivering the football to the right person.
2: Archie, let's go back to last fall. You and Willie Roof and Ricky, too, you know, inducted into that initial class of the Ring of Honor. You and I haven't talked. Other than basketball since then, but take me back to that weekend. What was that? What was that like for you?
3: Well, it was really an honor, tremendous honor for me, and a lot of fun. I was indebted to the Saints for including me in that initial class, and then for the way they set up the entire weekend. of uh, Sean wanted us to come out to practice, and and uh, that was really fun. I had my grandkids out here. Cooper was with us. Um, got to spend the weekend with Willie, and and. Uh, And Ricky, two two great players, great guys. And then, the night of the game, we were there early. We were in the dressing room. We had a little press thing with Mr. Benson and Mickey Loomis. So it was just a complete weekend. And then the ceremony on the field was first class. And you know, to go in the dome and see your name up there, it's 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 a special honor. So I'm I'm very indebted to the Saints and very proud to be up there.
2: It's a real treat to visit with you. Before I let you go, I do have to mention, you know, the boys have been making videos again, Peyton and Eli. You and your wife? Do you get a big kick out of watching the rap videos and other things they've been doing?
3: Oh, I guess, you know, I had to be, I'm in the tail end of those things. It's a, we've all had a nice long relationship with TV. they like those. Peyton says he's getting too old to do rap. So Eli kind of carries him a little bit in there, but it sure gets a lot of hits on the internet Direct TV likes it. So we'll, uh, I don't know what they'll do next year. Archie, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Yep. Archie
2: Manning, Saints Great, of course, with us here on the Black and Blue Report.
4: At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866 Auctioner to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
0: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.
2: Black and Blue Report continues. We're joined by Saints Offensive Coordinator Pete Carmichael. First full day of heat and humidity in South Louisiana. How do you think the guys handled it?
7: I think pretty good. I think that, uh, you know, it was obviously the first time that we really felt something like this. And, uh uh, you know, a lot of these guys know about it, though. They've been here or they were here in the offseason uh, during the OTAs and minicamp. But, uh, you know, the, the big thing is just not, you know, not losing focus and thinking about the heat. That's the biggest thing.
2: How do you keep those big guys upright?
7: Well, I think that, uh, you know, Sean does a great job with uh, the reps and making sure that we're rolling through waves. Uh, but getting those guys on the field, getting good work, uh, but not just overworking them at one time.
2: I feel like this is the first week that you, on your side of the football, have had a chance to have some pieces fall back into place, getting a couple of your offensive linemen back here and there. Drew comes back now. Does the timing seem pretty good on that?
7: Yeah, I think the, um, I think the last couple of days the tempo has been really good at practice, uh, getting in and out of the huddle. But give credit to those other guys because they did a good job for us uh, while they were in there.
2: What's the trick for a quarterback to, to make the tempo right?
7: Well, I think this I think is having command of the huddle and really being comfortable with what plays they're running. And so if they feel comfortable about the play, they can get in and out of the huddle and um, feel positive about what's about to happen.
2: The time that Drew was out proved to be a, a time of a lot of a reps for Luke and Ryan, Mr. Kilgore, in fact. You know, looking back now, I mean, everyone wants to see number nine, but for you and your guys in preparation, is it was it almost a blessing in disguise?
7: Well, I don't think it's ever a blessing in disguise when he's not out there, but uh, I think that for those guys, they did end up getting a little bit more work than they would have. But I think uh, we still had to, would have had to use this, and there's still a couple weeks left to still evaluate those guys.
2: Well, whether it be quarterbacks or anybody else, it, are we at a point in camp now where it's becoming more clear on who should be on that 53 and who should not, or is it still too early to tell?
7: Well, I think this. I think it's still. I do think it's still too early to tell. I think that. Uh, we're still going to go into these last couple weeks, and, and there's, there's evaluations going on daily. And I think that uh, the good teams have those, those are tough decisions that they're going to have to make, and so I think the full time is needed to, to feel good about those decisions.
2: Whether it be a veteran or a, or a free agent or anybody else, has there, some, has there been anybody that's maybe turned your head more than you thought they would here in the first couple weeks?
7: Um, I think that you know all the guys are working hard. I think we got some uh, some good players uh, at all the positions that are that are really they're all competing daily, and I think there is some some battles still going on. Yeah,
2: I can't help but notice here through the first two preseason games, you calling the plays. Um, can you help me with what you all are working on there?
7: Well, I would say this. I think that uh, the first thing is is it's a group effort. Mm-hmm. So the game plan's put together as a full offensive staff, and I think. Uh, you know, Sean's Sean's message to the to the coaching staff and the players is, hey, this is what we want to try to get accomplished in this game, and then throughout the game, it's 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 Sean, it's Brett Ingalls saying, hey, next series when we come up, I want to see these plays, I want to see these thoughts, I want to try to get a couple balls to this guy. So, uh, it's been a group effort.
2: So it's almost a series ahead, as opposed to you guys spending 20 seconds trying to select something by committee.
7: Yeah, I think that uh, uh, just. A group of thoughts are put together before each series, and uh, when the appropriate down-and-distance might come up or the appropriate time comes up, then those plays are ready to go.
2: Did Coach Payton come to you before camp or in the offseason and say, I'd like to try this, or how'd that conversation go? Uh,
7: I think for him right now it's just it's a week-to-week thing. And, uh, you know, just come up and say, hey, this week I want you to handle it and uh, go from there.
2: How is it different on days where you're calling plays – and days that maybe you're in more of an advisory role?
7: Well, I think this. I think, again, uh, when, if I'm doing it, Sean's still heavily involved. Okay. Okay, and then when he's doing it, uh, there will be times where he wants our opinions and our suggestions, and when he does, he'll ask for them.
2: If you were to say, you know, that this has gone well or we still need some tweaking in that system you're referring to, where would you say you all are?
7: Well, I think that we've been together long enough that we feel pretty good about the way the system's working. And, uh, listen, when he's calling the plays, I think he's the best in the business. So, uh, you know, you can't beat that.
2: You guys seem like-minded
7: in that sense. Well, I think this. I think, again, same system, nine years. And I think that, uh, you know, every year you grow closer And with Drew being here, and he obviously has a heavy input as to what we do as well. In a a game situation,
2: and I know this is probably week to week, but – Play goes in, quarterback goes in the line, makes his pre-snap reads and whatnot. How drastically different can sometimes be a play that you sent in on a headset as opposed to what's actually run?
7: Well, I think that uh, the one thing Drew has is a special skill if he sees a defense and I think Sean, um, Sean's willingness to let him get us into the right play. So, uh, usually you put together a game plan and you feel good about what's going to go in, but. Uh, Every so often, something might come up, and and Drew takes the lead.
2: All right, you're a baseball guy, which I absolutely love, and I can't help but watch Brandon Cooks here through his first training camp and wonder what he'd be like as a Major League Baseball outfielder.
7: I think this. I think he'd be pretty good. I know he'd be able to cover a lot of ground, and uh, I think he'd be a threat on the bases. I've never seen him swing a bat, so I don't know about that.
2: This is true. There is more to the game than than flagging that ball. But he seems to catch everything, Pete.
7: He really does. I think that – Yeah. One thing that's you know unique is how smart he is, and he comes in and he and he's um, he didn't spend most of the off season with us because of his situation with school, and so for his ability to pick up, play a couple multiple positions, I think it's been pretty special.
2: I know I'm drawing a vague comparison in all this, but you know over the years, have you have you been able to find a way to use some of your baseball experience and and perhaps watching other sports and see it translate to a football player?
7: Um, I don't know. I think that. Uh, uh, you know obviously when you're on a team you're on a team it's about the team um, so I don't know if those, those things don't change it's about leadership and, and doing the right thing and uh, high character
2: but as far as technique goes finding the ball even
7: well I think that uh, there's, there's, some, there's some similarities maybe when you're running the go route and uh, you want to run and then look as late as possible that you, uh, and when you're fielding a fly ball hey you got to run first and then find the ball
2: Give me a sense going into this third preseason game what's on the table and what you all would like to kind of get out of it.
7: Well, we haven't met as a staff yet uh, to discuss uh, playing time yet, but I think that uh, in the next day or two, Sean will probably get with us the full full staff and and tell us how he sees the game going uh, as far as uh, reps and as far as what he wants to get accomplished and who we need a better evaluation on need to see.
2: Is there a tricky balance during the preseason for a coordinator to – make sure that you're covering what you want to cover but also not show other teams too much?
7: I think this. I think that uh, in the preseason, for the, for the most part in the preseason, you're, you're installing your offense and you're running those plays. Um, and as far as scheming and uh, trying to maybe use unique formations or something to, to get an advantage, I think you stay away from that and kind of what the players know, what they've been hearing, especially for the young guys stuff that they know by heart and you feel like they can go out and execute and then see if they can make a play.
2: We really enjoy watching you work. I thank you for the visit.
7: Oh, thank you. I appreciate you.
2: You bet. Saints offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael with us on the Black and Blue Report. Stay tuned. More from Metairie after this. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within.
6: Fans, cheer on your Pelicans as they play their final preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks at the CenturyLink Center in Bossier City on Thursday, October 23rd. Prices start at just $9 from www.ticketmaster.com. While in town, enjoy the opening weekend of the State Fair of Louisiana, our numerous casinos, including the world-famous Horseshoe Casino and Hotel. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT
2: gatorade knows every victory starts from within it's the determination to come up big when it matters most but no athlete does it alone they need training and fuel to perform that's how greatness comes from within win from within
0: welcome back to the black and blue report here's daniel sellerson
8: Welcome back to the show. It's time to introduce a new segment that we'll do every Wednesday during football season. It's time now for our Fantasy Focus, presented by Xbox One. Xbox One, bringing fantasy football to life. To help us talk some fantasy football all season long, I'd like to welcome in Jake Seeley, Senior Writer for RotoExperts.com. Jake, looking forward to having you on this season.
5: I appreciate it. I'm ready to get things going. It's about prime time to start drafting those fantasy teams now.
8: Yep, I have a couple drafts coming up. So, I'm actually going to need your help and I'm going to start with some Saints players. Let's start off with tight end Jimmy Graham, rated on most places as the top tight end in fantasy sports. A lot of people are hesitant about drafting tight ends in a first round. Um, do we make an exception for Jimmy Graham?
5: I think you have to. And really, this is coming from somebody that hasn't been a fan of drafting basically anything outside of a running back in the first round, but we're seeing a, di- a completely different ball game this day and age with the running back situation. So many running backs and timeshares uncertainty of what their role is going to be, whether they're two down, three down, pass catcher only. So after you get past the first five or six running backs, and then you talk Calvin Johnson and Jimmy Graham, he's a first rounder, even in standard leagues, he's guaranteed first rounder in PPR leagues. Cause you're talking about somebody who's been in post top eight numbers, but Even in standard, once you get past those big running backs, I'd rather take the certainty of what Jimmy Graham's going to provide, the double-digit touchdowns, the numbers across the board for the entire season, and then probably grab one of those second-tier running backs because he just gives you such a leg up. It's still obviously having him at the tight end position. You basically win that matchup every single week. So it's risky. And it kind of puts you in a tough situation for what you need to draft the next couple of rounds, but it also gives you such a clear edge that it's now easily worth it to take him as a first rounder.
8: Let's talk about the guy that throws him the touchdown passes, Drew Brees. Like you mentioned, uh, mostly running backs are taken in the first round, occasionally at Calvin Johnson. But when, running back, when quarterbacks go off the board, is Drew Brees a first round pick?
5: Uh, Drew Brees, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think any quarterbacks are first round picks. Uh, just because quarterback position is so deep this year that you can find plenty of value later. That being said, with everybody starting to have that mentality that you can wait on quarterbacks, once you get into that second, say end of the second round, early third round, that's where I really start looking at Drew Brees because he's the only guy, even Aaron Rodgers might get into the conversation, but Drew Brees is the real guy who can make a competition with Peyton Manning for the top fantasy quarterback this year. If you look at what Brees has done over his career, He's finished first three times, second, another two or three times. So he's a guy that will be right neck and neck with him, has a, a schedule that looks pretty similar to how Denver's was easy last year. And you got to think that people are going to be keen in on the pass for the Broncos more for this season. So Brees, with the weapons that they have, drafting Brandon Cooks, everything looks great. Obviously we just talked about Jimmy Cran. That's always going to help him. Uh, he's going to be throwing a ton again. He's a guaranteed lock to be in that argument for number one quarterback. And, I won't take him in the first round just because I know I can still probably get him in the second or third because people are still jumping on that Peyton Manning bandwagon after last year. So I'll happily I'll, – I'll love to get Drew Brees at the end of the second round.
8: Now you just mentioned Brandon Cooks. What other Saints players are worth drafting? doesn't matter about round, but what other Saints players should fans look out for?
5: Most every, of them. Every single one of them. <laughs> if you look at the Saints offense and how many plays they run, and so the fact that Drew Brees is averaging – I think over about 660 pass attempts per season over the past couple of years, Uh, you can pretty much make a case for everybody, Uh, even at the running back situation with it still being unclear of who's going to get the most touches. It looks like Pierre Thomas is actually one of my favorite underrated players this year because you're talking about somebody who finishes with RB2 numbers, Mm -hmm. and that was when Darren Sproles was still in the mix. And granted, you got to like what Robinson is doing, especially in the past game, and Mark Ingram looks to be coming up and starting to really fulfill that promise that he saw in college. Uh, But even between all of them, Pierre Thomas is is a great value for where he's going. I'd be happy to have him as my RB3 because he'll produce RB2 numbers. And then, like I said, Robinson and Ingram are both great guys to have at the top of your bench running back depth-wise to fill in there. And if anything happens in a bye week, you can definitely use them. And then wide receiver, even though there's a lot of mouths to feed, and it starts with Jimmy Graham, uh, you probably have at least three options there that you want to look at between Colston, uh, who I expect to have a nice bounce back year. Uh, you look at what he's done over his career, the only question of recent has been his health. But if he's on the field, he's going to get his share. And then, of course, Brandon Cook's amazing talent. All he needs to do is get on the field often enough to put it together. And Kenny Stills, I actually think, is being undervalued a little bit because if you saw what he did last year, tons of production per catch. But everybody's getting so excited about Brandon Cooks that he's actually passed him in drafts, and we're talking about a rookie versus somebody who's in his second year. So Stills, I actually think, has a little bit more draft value, whereas I would love to own either one of them at this point. And then actually, don't forget about Cadet at running back because if anything happens injury-wise with any of the other three, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But he has some real value that if he starts to get an opportunity, he'll he'll score plenty to bring deeper leagues. And keep an eye on Cadet.
8: Certainly a lot of options for Saints fans if they want to draft them. On their fantasy team, we're talking with Jake Seely, senior writer for rotoexperts.com. Jake, let's talk about this defense. Are they a top five fantasy defense this season for the Saints?
5: You know, they have a chance to be. Right out of the gate, I-, I don't know if I would say that they are. There's still some improvement that they have, and they have made in the past, I'd say, at least this season last year, and especially towards the end. And then you got to like what they did in the offseason by bringing in Bird seeing what Champ Bailey could possibly bring to the table if he has anything left, but they don't need him to be a clear-cut starter. So he's kind of a nice gamble for them really. And then obviously getting Vicaro back and healthy is going to be huge because there was a real chance he was going to be the defensive rookie of the year last year. So having him there and what they've done in the off season and taking another step forward in the Ryan, that defense could easily reach top five. Right out of the gate, I don't know that they, they are in that top five conversation because you have some big defenses up there, obviously a couple in NFC West. Uh, the Panthers are probably in the mix, maybe the Bengals and Rams. They're in the conversation, and if everything continues in that track that they had for last year, I think they could really make that move into the top five. And we're talking about a defense that most leagues, if you're drafted, they either go undrafted or aren't, be ta- aren't taken as a defensive one team so you could really get value and just wait to the end of your draft and grab the Saints because their schedule starts off pretty easy too so they should put up top five numbers at least a couple of weeks in the beginning of the season it's a really nice defense to keep your eye on
8: all right let's switch gears here let's talk about if you're in a two QB league and you need to look at a, uh, a quarterback that's fighting for a starting position Geno Smith Michael Vick they just announced that Brian Hoyer will be named the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns let's focus on the Browns one with Manziel and Hoyer now, how with Hoyer being named the starter, when do you decide to draft Manziel, or should you draft Manziel, knowing that maybe he might be the starter, maybe week four, or week five?
5: And that's what I'm looking at. It's pretty much week five. I think Manziel gets the job. If not sooner, I mean, there's a good chance that they don't make the change, even if Hoyer comes out and doesn't do well the first couple of weeks, just because they have that quick buy. And then, you know, obviously there's a nice change, and the situation plays out well for them to come back from the bye a week of Manziel getting the practice reps as the lead quarterback. So that seemingly looks to be the point where they make the change, and their schedule starts off tough. So it looks like Hoyer could be in for trouble just because of who they're matching up against. So he's not – unfortunately for him, he's not being set up for success. They know they want to go with Manziel. Uh, And I think this is almost their easy way out to get him in the lineup at a nice situation. And that looks to be the plan. Unless Hoyer comes out firing and just puts up huge numbers, I think the change is going to happen mostly because you don't spend a, a draft pick that high on somebody like Manziel with his talent and keep him on the bench when your starting quarterback is just posting decent numbers and not great. And Manziel fantasy wise, the thing that I like so much about him is it's the rushing ability because rookie quarterbacks, that's where their value comes from. is from rushing. If you look at what Robert Griffin did in his rookie season under Shanahan, it was all with the rushing numbers. That's why he became a QB one. And Manziel can do the same thing. Once he's starting in that lineup, he will be posting near QB one numbers. And often there will be weeks where he is posting QB one numbers just because of his rushing ability alone. So he doesn't even have to be that great of a passer as a rookie. So, if you're in a two QB league, I'm still drafting Manziel. I'm still getting him once those, I'd say, Tannehill's, Carson Palmer's, once those guys start coming off the board, that's where I'm looking to take Manziel because if you wait too much longer, you're not going to get him.
8: All right, like you said at the beginning of the segment, fantasy teams are being drafted right now as we are getting closer and closer to the regular season. Who are some sleepers to look out for when drafting? It can be any position.
5: Uh, there's a couple that I really like. Unfortunately, uh, one of them's in the division with Devontae Freeman mostly because we know that Steven Jackson, at this point of his career, is really near in the end. He's getting hurt a lot at this point. He's a slim bet to make it through 16 games, and Freeman has shown the ability so far that he's a nice, complete, all-around running back. So he's somebody that you could definitely grab the stash on your bench, and once he gets the opportunity, should produce some nice RB2 numbers. And then somebody else talked about injuries that you should keep your eye on at running back, and then I'll give you two wide receivers real quick is Ahmad Bradshaw, because don't forget that Ahmad Bradshaw, when he's been healthy, has produced RB2 numbers in and of himself. And Trent Richardson just hasn't put it all together at the NFL level yet. He's really been struggling. He can't break through the offensive line. And he's still going to get the opportunity. He's going to be their first choice. But if he struggles again, Ahmad Bradshaw shows enough that as long as he's healthy, there could be a changing of the guard there until that Bradshaw possibly gets hurt himself. And then at wide receiver, Justin Hunter's been the big name, and deservedly so. Down here in Virginia Beach myself, I saw him in high school. Immense talent will be a great red zone threat for that offense, and I really think that all the hype surrounding him is real. He, he's a great talent. He will emerge for this season, be their number two option, even though right now he's still behind Nate Washington on their depth chart. We know that doesn't really mean much once the season starts and the talent takes over. So keep an eye on Justin Hunter. Then, of course, Doug Baldwin who is very underrated. If you look at what he did last year, He is a uh, wide receiver of three, and people are just forgetting that he did that last year. And even though Percy Harvin's back, if anything, Percy Harvin will open up the defense more for Baldwin. So he's their number two out there, a great guy to have on your bench to fill in for bye weeks or in case you get an injury. All four of those are guys that I'm targeting in a lot of leagues.
8: That's good stuff right there. That's Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com, and again, he'll be a part of the show Every Wednesday to talk a little fantasy football. Jake, thanks for the time.
5: Anytime. Glad to be
8: here. Our fantasy focus is presented by Xbox One, bringing fantasy football to life. Don't go anywhere. Sean will be back to wrap things up in one minute.
2: Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, Anthony Davis, and your Pelicans have been working throughout the offseason to take this team to the next level. Ticket plans for the 2014-15 season are on sale now. There's a variety of packages for all fans featuring half season and 12 game options, including the ever popular weekend plan that averages a couple of games a month. Packages start as low as $185. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and take flight with your Pelicans today.
6: In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today.
2: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We've had a good show here on this Wednesday. Again, special thanks to Archie Manning and Pete Carmichael and Jake Seely for joining us on today's program. At the top of the show, we talked a little bit about the Saints practicing in Mandeville High School over on the North Shore today. And with that, we're pleased to welcome in and help us wrap up today's show the principal at Mandeville High School, that's Mr. Bruce Bundy. Mr. Bundy, good morning. Good morning. We are very excited about bringing the, uh, the over to the North Shore today. I'm curious as to what your thoughts are about the black and gold practicing at the home of the Skippers.
1: Oh Well, it is very exciting to have the Saints be a part of our community and be here at Mandeville High School. Uh, it's just kind of, in some sense, off the charts. We have uh, people that will be coming that uh, haven't been on our campus, and that's exciting for us also.
2: What is the school day like today? I mean, are the students uh, abuzz a little bit about what's going to happen later on?
1: Yeah, we kind of call this a Saint Spirit Day, allowed the uh, faculty members to wear their Saints uh, regalia and uh, encourage the students to wear some spirit items also. So there's definitely a buzz on campus.
2: When we talk about logistics, what should we know? I know, you know, myself being a North Shore person, I'm very familiar with your campus, but I think there may be some fans that have never been to your campus, as you mentioned, and I guess maybe we should... Maybe clue them in on how this can all work tonight.
1: Right. So, uh, you know, we don't, uh, we don't want people coming on campus early because we do have our students here and uh, we'll need to be able to clear the parking lots. Uh, So I believe the Mandeville police have issued a statement that uh, people should not come to the parking lot until 3.30. The gates will open around 5 o'clock to allow people into the stadium, and, of course, the practice is at 7. So if people adhere to those guidelines, I think it uh, should minimize the chaos, but I think there's going to be some traffic congestion and parking issues.
2: Uh, Bruce, is there anywhere to go other than, you know, the main drive-in, skipper drive? Have, have, have you all talked to the area businesses about allowing folks to park around the campus?
1: Well, I know that, uh, I mean, basically uh, you have the little strip mall uh, on the other side of the uh, stadium uh, with the Coretta's uh, restaurant, and I know a lot of people will be uh, parking in that parking lot and eating at Coretta's before the uh, practice uh, so I, we haven't talked to them, but that's a pretty common occurrence. I don't think that that'll be a, that would be a problem. There's not a really a lot of other businesses uh, right close to Mandeville High School. I'm assuming people will park along the east uh, West Causeway approach, although they cannot park in the median, but I, can't, I do believe they can uh, park on the edges of the street as long as they don't park in the median.
2: I know the Saints have asked their fans that, you know, no alcoholic beverages to be brought to practice tonight that kind of thing. Are there any other restrictions as far as what you want fans to have with them tonight on your campus?
1: Well, the, uh, we are also uh, a non-smoking facility as far as being a public school, so it would be great if the public could uh, cooperate with the drinking and the smoking issues. Uh, the same security will be checking bags uh, as people enter the stadium, as required by the NFL. Uh, so people just need to you know, make the appropriate choices about what they bring.
2: Bruce Bundy, principal of Mandeville High School, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Bruce, what have the Saints told you about what they need for practice tonight? I know I know, football is football, but the difference between a high school facility and an NFL facility can be, well, a little different. Are there any things, are there any things that they've asked you all to do to help them pull off a nice practice tonight?
1: I can tell you the Saints have been uh, uh, easy to work with. Uh, we've talked about what each of us needed uh, throughout this process, starting, you know, six or eight weeks ago. And so uh, everything's going to be fine. I don't think the field would be exactly uh, like they wanted as far as all the paintings and hash marks and those type of things, uh, but we also have to keep it ready for, for our play. We have a scrimmage tomorrow night, so we've had to work together on that, but I think uh, we've given them the concessions they've needed and they've worked with us where we've needed them to work. But all in all, it's, uh, it's going well, and it's going to be a great practice tonight.
2: Well, you mentioned your scrimmage tomorrow night. I, I, I guess I better not let you go without asking how good are the Mandeville skippers going to be this fall?
1: Oh, you know, we always put a great uh, team on the field. Our boys work hard, and I think uh, this year's going to be uh, not an exception to that. I think uh, they'll do a great job and make a run uh, for another state championship. Uh, love to accomplish that.
2: Well, on behalf of the Saints, we can't thank you enough for hosting us tonight. We're very much looking forward to being in, in Mandeville and uh, and bringing our show, I guess, to the North Shore for a lot of folks, and doing it, I guess, Bruce, after work hours, because I know with our schedule right now, it's really tough for a lot of people to take time off of work to, to catch the practice you know, here during the preseason.
1: Yeah, it is a weeknight, and so I think that that may uh, affect attendance uh, somewhat as being a late practice on a weeknight, but I know there's a lot of enthusiasm, and I'm expecting a big crowd.
2: Well, I appreciate the visit, and again, thanks for having us tonight. We'll look forward to seeing you this evening. Thank you. All right, Bruce Bundy, principal at Mandeville High School with us here on the Black and Blue Report. That'll pretty much do it for our Wednesday show. Don't forget, 7 to 9 tonight, you heard some of the uh, guidelines for tonight's practice. We're hoping for a great turnout, and we'll hope to see you, of course, out there. If not, right back here tomorrow on campus on Airline Drive and right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks to all of our guests today. Thanks for all of you to listen, and enjoy the rest of your Wednesday,
0: everybody.